0: Hi, this is the Social Jello with Angelo Show. My name's Angelo. I'm a social scientist, surfer, martial artist, and a whole lot of other things. Coming to you live from Kasai City, Japan, the Social Jello with Angelo Show. What's up? And welcome What's to up? Social Jello with Angelo. I'm here with Anthony Mealy, our resident, lawyer, and legal advisor. Um, as you saw in the title of this podcast, what was the title of this podcast? Well, it work in progress, possibly, um, what to do after you've defended yourself. What do you do after you've defended yourself? And I'm very, being very specific on the wording here, because I've done another podcast about uh, when is it legal to strike first. Unfortunately, I used a thumbnail of Will Smith slapping uh, Chris Rock. And then everyone just totally got sidetracked because that was the hot button. And I don't think anybody really watched the video. They were just sitting there arguing about what the Will Smith thing. I'm like, ah, fuck. Like I fucked up on the thumbnail,
1: Um, but it's a good (laughs) video.
0: It has very little, it has nothing to do with Will Smith and Chris rock. I think it's only mentioned like two seconds in the video. And it was a long video about when is it legal to defend yourself? Um, You could probably check it out here. And if I, if I forgot to put the, 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 link i normally do remember but if i did forget to put the link just go into my podcast type in when's it legal to to strike first and it'll it'll come up in the search um but yeah so anthony came in was gracious enough to come in to talk about that topic then but no one really talks about well what happens after it's all it's said and done it's said and done you've already defended yourself you're in a situation and uh obviously the police or maybe the police aren't involved maybe ran away whatever Um, whatever the circumstances may be, you've already finished from your point of view, defending yourself against someone who attacked you. Um, what comes next? So I'm just going to start with that. What comes next? Yeah.
1: So, so I, I guess, well, let's assume, so let's assume you're at a bar. And um, some guys start some stuff with you, and then you start responding, defending yourself, and immediately you're kicked out of the bar. And there's six other guys, and maybe it's just you and your friend. Now you're outside the bar. Because you wanted to be careful, and you didn't want to drive drunk, you took an Uber. So now you're stuck outside this bar waiting 20 minutes for an Uber to show up. And the guys come after you and now you're defending yourself. So you do what you have to do. You defend yourself and now the police comes, what do you do? So that I think the instinct is going to be, this is what happened. There's no way I can look bad in this. There's six guys. They came after me first and just start telling the police officer stuff. And, um, everybody that I know, I'm not a, I'm not a criminal defense lawyer. It's not my specialty, but all of my colleagues that are criminal defense lawyers, they all say, don't say anything. Don't talk to the police. Um, be polite. Don't talk about your day. Don't talk about anything. Don't say you didn't do anything. Don't say you did do something. Don't say you were defending yourself. Don't say it was self-defense. Don't get into anything and just say, I just want to talk to my lawyer. If they want to they want to search your vehicle, if you have a vehicle, in this, in this situation you don't, um say i don't i do not give consent to search the vehicle
0: what if they you wanna, may not,
1: what if they want to search you like they want to pat you down i would i would say i don't give consent and and you always let them do if they if they insist that they're going to do something you, you you let them but you let them know that they don't have consent and um and then in the process now it's clear and um you know and if, of course if they have cameras and they're videotaping with audio um then it'll be recorded that you said i do not give consent be very careful that you specify the whole sentence i do not give consent for you to search me i do not give consent for you to search my vehicle for you to enter my vehicle say the whole sentence don't just say yes or no because there have been cases where the police would be like do you mind if i or they'll they'll say it in a way that it seems like no is the right answer and then really no means the opposite. You, do you mind if I search your vehicle? Or do you mind if I search you? And you're like, no. And then it's, it, so you wanna make sure you specify very clearly. And then, um, and ask for your lawyer. Say, I need my lawyer. And um, and that's your right. And then if, if they, and, and if, and if they, you feel like you're not sure if they're, you're being detained, ask them. And if you're not being detained, leave.
0: And then this is kind of a weird area because I've had issues with police officers Where, where I could have used more legalese to get out of a situation, but I was in a situation where I knew that it could easily escalate and I would be in a lot of trouble, like a lot of fucking trouble. So it was easier to just kind of not legally i'm still being very careful with my words while speaking to the police officer but at the same time i'm not i'm trying to just calm the police officer down so that i can get going so that i can go um so like i said and this is right this is where i'm stepping in because I, I mean I, I i've said this before and you know this i grew up in the hood so i've been pulled over <laughs> many times i've had guns pulled off i've had guns pulled on me by gang members and cops both both the good guys and the bad guys have pulled guns on me so it, in in these kind of situations and I, I and my friends weren't always the best of greatest of character <laughs> i mean i'd be around people that weren't the best people um so there was a lot of situations growing up where yes i could use legalese and i knew uh, it's funny like this is something that came up when um when i was studying sociology my my sociology professor would always say you know after we all get our degrees in sociology we're going to move on we're going to pass the bar exam we're all going to become lawyers because that was that was the joke amongst the sociologists because if you look at what sociologists study and what lawyers study a lot of lawyers studied sociology before they became lawyers because um, mm-hmm. it's a lot you're studying a lot about law, especially a lot of these people who are social justice people. So they're consistently dealing with protests and consistently mm-hmm. dealing with law enforcement. How do you how do you do a protest correctly? You're gonna end up butting heads with law enforcement. How do you avoid having problems with law enforcement? Sometimes you're a social worker and you're literally working with a criminal. <laughs> you're literally working with a criminal mm-hmm. to help them better their lives because they're next con. So a lot of social work and stuff happens in sociology. So I ended up in this circle of a master's course. It was a master's course. They were all master's students and a lot of them were studying for the bar as well. And one of the things that always came up was what you just said, do not talk to the police. There's never, one of them's argument was there's never a good reason to talk to the police because when they say everything you say can be used against you in a court of law, the the double-edged, that's not even a double-edged sword. It is a single-edged sword. It is mm. not a double-edged sword that's something you
1: can say help can help you it can only nothing, hurt
0: you yeah it could only hurt a double-edged sword I mean okay maybe I can say something and it'll work in my favor it won't just hurt me but it's a single-edged sword because even if the police officer likes you even if the police officer likes you and they want to help you and they mm-hmm. want to testify on your behalf whatever they say the defense attorney can say is hearsay no, the prosecuting, sorry, the prosecuting attorney. So if you're being prosecuted by the district attorney, right? You're, you're, you're under prosecution for some crime that you may or may have not committed. Well, if the police officer decides to testify on your behalf If you're uh, So, like in other words,
1: let's say If they're testifying, if they're testifying as to what they saw, then they can testify as to that. If they're yeah. testifying as to what you said, and you're the defendant, they can testify as to that because you're in the courtroom and you're the defendant. Yeah. Because so, that's technically not hearsay.
0: Well, what they were saying, though, is if the police officer tries to testify for you,
1: mm-hmm. because
0: the prosecutor gets to handpick your, their their people, <laughs> they'll, they'll right. simply either not bring them in, or if you try to say, they'll simply not bring right. the police officer in. And then if you try to bring right. the police, if your lawyer tries to bring the police officer in, they can block that. And right. then, if the, if the police officer writes a letter or something, they can still say it's hearsay. But on the flip side of it, they can grab that right. same police officer and make him testify and say whatever they saw and nitpick whatever they said to use against right. you anyway. So there's right. really they're, they're trying to explain to us that there's really no way it's going to help you at all, right? Right. right. Even if you, I, think, I agree with that. Even if you think
1: the police officer, even if the police officer is on your side, you could, you could, you could still present you can still present whatever story or facts you need to present later through your lawyer. Yeah. And, um, and I think there's some layers to that. I think, um, one, one thing, there's a little bit of context, which I think is really interesting with this. And I I was, I want to tell you a little bit about this. So, um, when, when police officers, um, police officers are members of unions and these unions very overwhelmingly, um, Negotiate to have clauses in their in their agreements, and they require that that the the police don't have to talk for a while if they get in trouble. So if a police officer gets in trouble, someone's hurt, someone's killed. uh, The situation of Breonna Taylor, where they 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 broke into her apartment and then they shot her and killed her, uh, those police officers didn't have to talk to any authorities for a while, Um, and. And then once they did have to talk to the authorities, they, they did it in the presence of counsel. And that's right in their agreement. Meanwhile, police officers are trained to convince people that are in trouble when they encounter them to get them to talk right away, right? Even though they have a right to, to, to not incriminate, not say things against themselves, they have a right to not talk at all. Um, police are trained to get, that, get you to talk right away. So there's a reason why the police have this right. And we all have the same right, but, but, um, and, and of course we don't have to talk to the police, but there's a, but we don't know that when we encounter a problem and and now, you know, something's happened, something's bad happened. We hurt somebody because we were defending ourselves and now the police come at us. And then we we're faced with a tough situation where we have to decide if I talk, maybe they'll just let me go home. So assume that's the case. Assume that's the case. If you explain what happened, they'll just let you go right? Well, Assume well, assume that's the case. But, but if it doesn't happen, this is important. So, but if it doesn't happen, and you say something that can hurt you, or if they come back later, even though they let you go, and then they use that information against you, you can end up really, really hurting your case. But if you don't say anything, there might be a risk that they'll arrest you right then. But that might be better for you. Because even though they're going to, because that's what they're going to try to do, they're going to try to say, well, if you talk to us, maybe we'll just let you go. And that's the leverage that they use to get you to talk. And you're like, no, no, I didn't do anything. I was defending myself. I was in fear for my life, blah, blah, blah. And now all of a sudden you're saying all this stuff. And now they have part of their case proven because you just admitted to it. So so you're better off saying, you know, I can't talk to you. I got to talk to my lawyer. I'm really, I'm really shaken up right now. Um, I'm not in a position where I can talk to you. Um, I, you know, I, 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 I invoke whatever rights I have to, to not, you know, to not incriminate myself. You know, you don't have to get legalistic about it. You could just say, you know, I, I, I don't believe I'm, you know, I have to talk about anything right now and I need, I need, you know, I have to wait until I have my lawyer and, um and, you know, I'm a, it might be detained right now. If not, I'd like to go. And then if they, it looks like they want to search you, you could say, you know, you don't have any, permission to search me if they want to search your vehicle you don't need permission to search my vehicle and then let the cards fall where they may if they arrest you they arrest you and then uh, and then you can you know go deal with it later and then if you get arrested don't talk to anybody in the in the jail cell don't talk to anybody because they all that you know things are recorded the person you're talking to they go talk to that person so um so that's the advice but what's interesting with the situation where if you do talk and you say anything, even if you just say what time it is, now you said something and then the police officer might, might not remember it the same way you do. So they might say, oh, this is what the person said, or they might lie. And you can't, now that you talk to them, you, now it's your word against theirs. So there's so many kind of ways you can get yourself Oh in yeah, trouble. And
0: everything mm-hmm. you say can be considered hearsay. That was the other one. Everything you say can be considered hearsay. Like you can say you said whatever you said, but in in court, the lawyer can say that's hearsay. Cause you said again your word against them. So there's no concrete evidence to say that you said what you said. Like you just said.
1: Like if well, that makes test- any sense. Like well, you-, you may not you may not even you probably won't even testify in your if it's a proceeding against you and a defendant, you probably won't testify at all in court yeah but 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 there are situations where you could testify and um you know and 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 you know if it's a self defense situation it might be necessary or there might be another witness that can testify on your behalf that saw what happened um but the the thing that's it's just that there's there's very little that you can do to help you in that moment and also you could say something and it's a it's something in your favor but you didn't say it the right way like, like in some states, if you, if you if it's self defense, you have to say, I was in fear for my. They have to say it like a certain way. I was in fear for my life or bodily harm, and you, if you don't say it the right way, then you don't establish that element that's necessary for self defense. You can say something that's very similar to that, and then the courts can say, well, you didn't say it the right way, and therefore, you know, you can't you can't say it was self defense. So, so there's so many ways you can trip up and get in trouble.
0: And I remember, like, so some anecdotal evidence um when i was younger me and i was a teenager but we, again and this goes back to what later years later when I took that sociology course The sociology courses one of the things that the they all said they said you know when you're if you grow up if you grow up in the hood you'd be surprised how many people that quote unquote are street that know more about the law than your average person that's from a nice neighborhood because of the fact that they have to deal with law enforcement every day, every right. day, they got to deal with law enforcement. They're right there. Shit's constantly going on. You're constantly talking to a cop for one reason or another. you just be walking down the street. A cop will just pull up to you. Hey, did you see what happened earlier? It's like every day you go through these mm. legal circumstances and it just becomes a part of your life. So, yeah. like, um, so a lot of people, from where I came from, they, they knew this. It was just a fact of life. It was, you know, you're going to talk to a cop, they most likely are, are not going to be your friend. And then you have this. It is a double edged sword on your end, because, mm. um, maybe you want to help your neighborhood, maybe you want to testify, maybe you want to help, maybe you want to give the police officers information to catch someone bad. Unfortunately, those bad people also live in your neighborhood, and if they For find me. out you're a, you're some sort of informant, or they think you're an informant or some sort of snitch, you're in a lot of fucking trouble. So like. It was still easier not to say anything. You'd be like, I didn't see anything.
1: Yeah, see anything.
0: and just keep to yourself and just keep walking. Now, yeah. the anecdotal evidence was one time when I was a teen, I uh, I almost got in a fight with this kid at a at a, a, a skate. <laughs> it's gonna age myself here at a skating rink. You know, they used to have these things called skating rinks. You wore roller skates and you went in a circle and they played music by a DJ. <laughs> so yeah, I was skating. That rink. was big when I was a kid. <laughs> was, yeah, couples only. You know. So like, either way, so um, we're at a skating rink. I'm a teen. I'm in my third, junior high, junior high ish. But th- we might look at this situation and be like, oh, he was a kid. So No, in my neighborhood, they were arresting kids. This is not the this, the cops. If the cops showed up, you're fucked. They're not going to sit there and be like, oh, some kids are tussling or some kids are arguing. They're going to grab you both and they're going to arrest you because that's just mm-hmm. and especially if they think you're somehow there was. Oh, there was another law in my neighborhood that said that if you were gang-affiliated when the police show up, they are obligated to book you mm. because it was uh, they had a rule that no more than three, quote-unquote, gang members can be, and it was to avoid people being jumped because a lot of people were being jumped by, by, like, 10. I remember growing up seeing, like, 10, 15 guys beating the fuck out of a guy with chains and baseball bats. So, like, mm. to avoid these kind of situations, they made a new law in my neighborhood that said no more than three known affiliated gang members can be together. Now, here's the problem. They don't know who an affiliated gang member is. It ended up being just a bunch of not-white people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, better dress, you better dress well. Like, I learned really quick, don't wear hoodies, don't wear sports paraphernalia, don't wear anything that even looks like anything that the gang members are wearing.
1: Yeah. Hats and hoodies. Hats, real hoodies,
0: picture. colors. Pretty much no sports. I grew up not wearing any type of sports sports paraphernalia like no mm. sports teams because the gang members always were, were always like some sort of football team fan so take that out of your repertoire right off the bat um but even then if they see people tussling they're gonna think you're it's gang affiliated you're gonna be arrested so like so the the anecdotal story is i end up almost in getting in a tussle with this other kid um and uh i'm puerto rican he's black we end up getting in a fight. It's not racial, but when the police show up, they're gonna see a black kid and a Puerto Rican. That's that's what it that's the story, that's gonna happen. Yeah. And and there was this kind of racial thing going on where I'm brown. So a lot of the Latinos started kind of circling up and a lot of the a lot of the black kids started circling up. We all started kind of circling up and kind of this the segregation thing started happening when me and was this like, guy start our confrontation.
1: So and, the optics were very concerning. To yeah, the police.
0: So the police weren't there yet but there was a security guard there and
1: right. they started
0: asking us to go outside and the police started, we started a cop car coming up and we, we never even got in the fight. He just wanted to start a fight um, over, he threw a, he threw some food or a drink at one of the white girls that we were hanging out with and, um, and I know this sounds very racial, doesn't it? <laughs> but he did. He did. And it had nothing to do with race. It's just, that's just what happened. I'm just telling you what they look like. If so, so, you he, want to identify he, one white girl, and he threw the Did drink, at, he threw the drink at her honestly because he had a thing for her. He was trying to get her attention. and There's, you know, stupid kids do stupid shit. So like, he was trying to get her attention. It didn't work out the way he wanted. She, he called her a bitch. Things escalated. I stepped in and said, you know, y'all need to calm down. Let we here have a good time. And he's like, fuck you, punk. We'll we'll go right now. And then, and I was sitting down at the time. And I started taking off my roller skates because i like, I see where this is going. <laughs> so I start taking off my roller skates. <laughs> and I, and then I stand and I'm getting ready to kind of screw up with them. And when I stand, since I'm sitting down and he's like talking while I'm sitting. And when I stood up, I realized I'm a good like six inches taller than the kid. And I'm like, oh. well, I'm, I'm much bigger than him. <laughs> I was sitting down. I thought he was a little bit, he was a little, was a little bit, not yoked, but he had some muscle. But once I stood up, I was like, "Oh man, he's way smaller." <laughs> I'm like, "Hey, hey, man, we really don't need to do this." <laughs> and he really wanted to fight, and I'm like, "You know what, man? This is, everyone's having a good time." I'm like, and I, I turned around to his friends. That's the only thing I like to do for de-escalation is I immediately turn around to the friends that might start yelling out, "Fight! Fight! Fight!" And I looked at his friends like, "We, do you, I, we don't want to do this, right? Like, I don't, I don't want to fight him. This is stupid." Um. You know, you're over this. I turned around to my friend who, who got the drink thrown her hair. You're over this, right? You're okay. You don't want anyone fighting, right? He's just like, no, I don't want anyone fighting over <laughs> over this. I'm yeah, like, yeah. This, this is stupid. And he said, no, and he, and he still wanted to fight. He's like, no, fuck that. We're gonna go. We're gonna go. Mm-hmm. And um and so the security guard kicks us out. So now me and this guy and his friends and my friends are in that situation you just talked about. We're all outside right, just now. Kicked out. Yep. You don't and have a ride. Uh, we're waiting for our parents to get there. And the kids yeah. like no fuck that we're going to go and then his friends start turning around to talking him down like hey, he doesn't want to fight you mm. um why are we going to do this and like and he's like no no we're going to go and then and the cops start coming up like no the cops are about to get here right now can we just say that we just got in an argument and that we're cool now and that we're friends and no big deal before those cops come up to us right now yeah. and ask right, going to go on I don't want to get arrested and he's like I don't want to get arrested, like, don't wanna get arrested. Like, you don't want I don't want to get arrested either so like by the time the cops showed up, mm-hmm. they're like, what's going on here? And they're like, nothing. <laughs> like, I was try, like, nothing. There was, there was a little bit of shoving and some, like a lot of just chest pumping, but nobody got hit. There was no fight. But the point was that we all came to an agreement before the cops got there that there wasn't an altercation mm-hmm. and that we, none of us were going to talk. And the cops were like, are you sure? Because we just got, you know, we got we got a formal complaint from the business owner saying you two were fighting. Yeah, we weren't fighting. You know, we were fighting. we were fighting.
1: <laughs>
0: no, no, I was looking, we put our hands up, and we all just denied, we're like, no, no, no. Our parents are coming to pick us up. That's, all. That's it. We're just waiting to go home. But like, the idea was, we definitely were not going to talk to the cops,
1: and we and we all knew better, yeah. better than the cop to the cops. Well, what you're talking about is interesting, too, because if there's a real situation, a real serious situation where someone's been hurt, you you don't want to talk to the cops. What that means is you also don't want to deny that anything happened either. So and this is really, really, really interesting because there are there's so many examples. And I, I only have a few that I know about. But um, because if you talk anything that you say now is something that they can use against you. And of course they can change or, or misinterpret what you said to them and then that could be you know used against you. So, um, so if something did happen and now you're saying that something didn't and you talk to the police, you might be in legal trouble for that. And the, and the example that I remember hearing, there's actually um, it's a video I'm gonna mention to you and we can maybe put a link to it where this lawyer goes through a lot of these things. But, but um, Martha Stewart, remember Martha Stewart went to jail? And it, it involved, it had something to do with her doing uh, insider trading, right? And, um, and a lot of people think that she went to jail for insider trading because she knew some information and she sold her stock or bought stock, something like that. That's not why she went to jail. The reason why she went to jail is because there's a statute that says, if you lie to a federal officer, you're guilty of that crime of lying to a federal officer. So the federal officer came to her and said, did you do insider trading or something like that? And she said, no, I didn't. So she denied it, but that was a lie. So all they had to show was that she lied to them. And then she was immediately guilty of that crime. They didn't have to prove that she did insider trading. They just had to prove that she lied about the fact. But that's a- but that's a federal
0: agent, right? Does that right. does that apply to a state agent, right? Because police well, officers are not federal like, the agents. Point,
1: the point of that is not is not this there's so many laws in, in everywhere that you you can't know all the laws. So if you if you you never know, you just don't know. Like anything that you say, you can end up tripping up tripping on some law that you don't even realize is there. Or um, you can end up giving the the prosecutor an element that they needed because all they need to do is prove like like they needed to prove you're at a certain beach in LA, right? And so when they saw so it, so the officer comes and says, when you're at this beach an hour ago, did you get into a fight? And you go, no, you just admitted that you were at that beach. An hour ago, somebody was killed at that beach. You don't even know that. But now they placed you there. And that's the one element they need to prove that you just gave them for free. They already had all these other things, like a like a witness that says there's this guy that looks like this, you know, looks like you, you know, all these other things they need to prove. They already have that. The only thing they needed was to prove that you were there. And you said, No, I didn't get into a fight at the beach when I was there an hour ago. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So there's so many ways that just by saying I didn't do this, or just by talking about your day. Or you know that you end up giving you end up giving them something that they need, and you don't know what they're looking for. You don't. It might not even be. It might not even involve you. It might. Might somebody else committed a crime, or it might be a statute, and it might be you know that, that says you know like you said about the three gang members. Like maybe you don't know that there's some technicality, like there's a law about that or something. I don't know. Yeah. So it's it's then, just really. And then, and then once you start talking. You don't know if they're gonna change. You you don't know if you are gonna say that you said something that you didn't say. You, you know, you don't know if they're gonna manipulate you. Like once you start going down that road, it's very, um, it's problematic.
0: And what about humanizing yourself? So like the other, the other problem. once I got, um, I got. I'm gonna be very careful about this anecdote. <laughs> so, so one time, talk about Martha Stewart. Talk about uh, Martha Stewart. Yeah. No, so, so, so one time I got, I got. I got into an issue and we got pulled over and the police officer really wanted to search my friend's car. I was a passenger in my friend's car. And my friend was kind of like we were musicians at the time. So like, he was like, Yeah, we just got off. of, We just got back from band pride. He's giving him a lot of information. I'm not saying anything. And I'm just telling him like, you shouldn't say, I told him before the cop got him, you shouldn't say anything just tell them we're on our way home and that we're almost home and please just let us go home. And if there's a ticket you want to write, just write the ticket and let's just, let's just skip this over with and go home. And, um and, you know, the, the, the police officer was asking him a lot of different questions and, um and my friend was just, feed, just feeding him what he wanted. And he was just, he grew more and more suspicious from <laughs> the way my friend was answering the questions. Mm-hmm. And, um know, so we just, and then finally, like, police officer you know the police officer turns around and says um you know what i think i want you to step out of the car and i want to search your vehicle and at that point i hadn't said anything the only thing i had i had my hands they, they asked us to put our hands on the on the dashboard so i had my hands on the dashboard and 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 they're like and who are you i'm like oh i'm just you know he like he, he said we were in a band i'm like I, i'm the singer you know we just got done recording and that, and that and that's here it's late you know and i'm tired <laughs> it's late and I'm tired. that's <laughs> all I said and finally the, when the police officer said I want you to step out of the vehicle I want you two to step out of the vehicle and I am going to search the car and my friend was like you know I don't think that's necessary and I said don't argue with him and, said, and then the cop said what did you say I asked my friend not to argue with you look to be honest I'm really tired and my, I just want to go home my, my wife is waiting for me and it's late. I we, I just got married, maybe like last week, and that's that's true. <laughs> I just got married last week. I'm a week into this marriage, and I really don't want to fuck up my marriage. I don't want my friend fucking up my marriage. <laughs> I said <laughs> over over some stupid shit. And if there's some sort of ticket that you wanted to ride in for speeding or something, um, can we just get this over with? <laughs> and he he kind of laughed. And um, and he let us off with a warning. He said, you know, your tail lights out. It was one of those things, you know, it was like a tail light. Yeah. Out. Your tail lights out. I'm just gonna I am gonna let you off with a warning next time, but just get it fixed, okay? And 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 then he turned around to me and said, And you're married now, you need to stay out of trouble. And I, I appreciate it. And, and we left. So, like, there's a lot of key yeah. elements I'm leaving out of this anecdote. <laughs> That's a lot of key elements I'm leaving out of this anecdote for the reason that he said I need to stay out of trouble and has to do with my friend. But I'm going to say that in that situation, humanizing myself, I feel is what got me, even though I didn't do anything and it was my friend. My friend was the problem. Humanizing myself is what helped me in that situation. Now I'm wondering, was there anything I said there that would have been
1: incriminating? Um, Well, where'd you get, you, you got married, the location you got. no, I probably not. Probably not. I mean, like if you said I'm tired or if you said, you know, um, you know, what, you know, if you're very respectful, if you're like, um, you know, officer, sir, you know, anything we can do, you know, once he starts asking you questions about your day, you know, then you, you want to be very respectful and say, you know, I'm not, I I really don't want to talk about my day. I just want to focus on getting out of here. So I think, um, I think it was very effective. I think that sometimes the exceptions prove the rule. Like you're very focused on like, I just, I got married. I got to go home. Um, You don't know. I mean, it's possible you can get yourself in trouble, you know, like they just want to establish you were there. Where'd you get married? You know, the location of, you know, you never know, but, but um, that's different than if they show up, somebody's been hurt. Someone's beat up you just you just defended <laughs> so, yourself so. <laughs> <laughs> you know that you know that that happened you were kind of um, so now that's different so um, there are situations in in, uh, in traffic situations where you know you 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 could kind of um, develop a rapport with the officer and then that could really end up in your favor so um, so there are layers to that I think being like the whole thing about searching the car like you want to be really clear you know I don't consent to you searching the car you didn't say that your friend did not say that so at that point the officer might have had a, ca- a case to say that it was implied that he had permission to search the car at that point point. and then it might be that you, neither one of you realized that there was some weed or something in the car you didn't even put it there somebody else did and neither one of you even realized you're like sure go ahead search it and then you don't realize it's there that's happened you know what i mean like that's happened to people so you you know you like i have nothing to hide and then you know your little sister or whatever you did have something to hide <laughs> <laughs> you, you should have had something to hide right right or your little sister your girlfriend I don't know, your other buddy left something there you know who knows or somebody had a weapon you didn't even you're know, like what are you doing with this like you know you just don't know or or you think you forgot you left something there or, you know so um so So, yeah (laughs) we're we're almost to the end here but one thing that
0: i do want to mention and it's because this is this is a a shitty part of what you're talking about and this is my biggest concern so going back to the well you know me i love my side quests and side rants so even though my semi actors are not directly related to self-defense i think hopefully my viewers were entertained by it now (laughs) you're in a situation and what you're saying is don't talk Oh, I spilled water on myself. All
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> is, that is, that, is that blood? Is that blood on your shirt? <laughs> All right. So, shirt? <laughs> sure. uh, um,
0: the police show up. You beat, you. You did. You defended yourself. You fucked them up pretty bad. The guys and guys unconscious. Let's say. Uh, best thing you can do is not say anything. Like you said. Now, the shitty part is. Going to jail fucking sucks man. So like there's no there's no no matter what even though the law says uh innocent until proven guilty the during the actual booking process and everything else you, it's actually the opposite. It's guilty until proven innocent. And when I say that, I say that because the second you end up in the jail cell, you're all automatically having to pay bail, you're automatically given a sentence even though there's no fucking judge. There's no fucking judge there, but you're automatically given a sentence. Like you're automatically told, okay, you either pay us if it, depending on the crime that they're trying to nail you with, and how, how much injury that person sustained, it might be anywhere between thousand dollars bail for something small, and all the way up to a million if someone got really hurt, right? So I you, know
1: it. So you're, there's I your bail it.
0: set, right? Yeah. And then the second problem is. And then we're going to say, or six weeks in jail, or, or until a judge can see you. And during the whole COVID situation, that process got really fucked up because the, the 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 court system got jammed. They're still behind. Yeah. They are still behind. They finally lifted all the COVID shit, and now they got the justice system working. It wasn't working that great before, but it's worked even worse. This mucked yeah. the whole the whole gear works. And I know I know of people. That were dealing with stuff where they were in jail for a good year waiting to see a judge because they had million dollar bail right so like so what do you do like you're in jail for a year you don't have a million dollars to pay for that's your bail
1: so, right it's so that's so tragic and i and i know i heard i've i've heard of people like they'll you know they'll be put in the hole they might have they might have like um you know like mental you know a psychological condition and you know and they don't have their meds you know there's it's just really scary it's it's um it's really really tough a tough situation to be in and i think that's why it's important to think in advance about what you're going to do because obviously you're going to be scared you're going to be worried about those things that you're talking about right now and you have to decide in advance what you're going to do if this happens and something really seriously hap- serious happens to somebody you had a gun. You defended yourself. You killed somebody, or you you physically defended yourself, or you know whatever the case may be. At some point, in some way, you probably you kind of have to rehearse what am I going to do? Don't say anything. Be polite, saying you know I, I need I need to see I need to t- I I I I just want to you know use my right to not talk, and not self you know not, not under the Fifth Amendment, and I want my lawyer. And, um, you know, and it might be being detained. If not, I'd like to go. And, um, you know, you don't have any consent to search me or search the vehicle, whatever. So if once you, you have that all figured out, but you're very polite. And if they tell you to get out of the car, or they tell you to get on the ground, or they tell you to show your hands, or they tell you, you know, comply. Even if even if you don't think they legally have the right to do that, at that point, you've already said you don't give them consent, you still comply. So um, and then there's a human element and they'll see that if they're, if they care um, because you're polite and, and, you know, and they know you're worried. Um, don't say I'm worried because then it, then they can be like, Oh, that's testimony that you're worried. What are you worried about? But so think about that in advance because you're right. Cause if you don't think about it in advance and you're in a situation, you're like, I was, I was in fear for my life. I was defending myself, blah, blah, blah. blah. And you're like, now you just like, cause you think that's going to help you go home. Yeah, because it really,
0: I mean, I 100% agree with, yeah. you know, pleading the fifth and staying quiet, but at the same time, like going to jail, like the, <laughs> once yeah. you, like I said, once you go to jail, it's going to cost you money. Very hard to explain to an employer if you, if you, if you're working for someone, if you're self-employed I and mean, even then it's tough because you're not going to be at work for a while. Yeah. Um, And you're looking at a minimum, you're looking at a minimum of six weeks, unless you have the money, unless you have the money, you're looking at a minimum, bare minimum of six weeks in jail Yeah. to either where they say, okay, you do your six weeks and we know you're not a flight risk. So we're going to let you go. Like, let's say in the perfect world, in the perfect world, you get given a bail that you can't pay, because I like to say that. Because if you're going give him a bail that you can pay, then okay, you pay the bail, you're back to work. Like that's a 24 hour process; you can get out the first day. But most likely, the, considering the kind of offense we're talking about, it's not going to be that. It's definitely going to be the, if you're
1: if you're out of state, they might not even give you bail at all.
0: Yeah, and then the bails you don't get that back. Like you don't get that money back. I don't know. Have you ever heard? Of, I've never heard of any of the people that I <laughs> totally. Totally I totally but all of my friends that have been to jail <laughs> you all you my pay
1: friends, like what 10% right? I've, I've, yeah, then... I,
0: out of all my friends that I've ever seen go to jail, and I got a lot of friends that have been in jail. I i I'm I used to be okay. Look, I live in Japan. I'm a good person now. But, <laughs> and I've always been a good person, but I, I wasn't always surrounded by the best the league of undistinguished gentlemen that I've referred to in the past. Those guys. <laughs> <laughs> those guys. Every single one of those motherfuckers they went to jail, they did not get that money back. Like, yeah, they they got oh. they, they got cleared of charges, they ended up with these kind of situations. Yeah, and some of them had the money to pay for it. One of them paid 10 grand, but I never saw that money. Like you said, you pay the percentage, right? Yeah. And that pretty much, from what I saw, that goes to the bailiff or whatever company. That's a different company altogether. It's yeah, like bond, comp- bond, bond company. That. It goes to the bond and company like and, and and that's it. And I've heard rumors they put
1: up, they put up the full amount, yeah. And, then they they, and you give them like 10%, 10% or something like that. Right? And then they drop the bail.
0: They're like, okay, hey, yeah, you didn't do it. Yeah, we're all cleared. But
1: mm-hmm. you already paid for a
0: lawyer. You paid your 10 grand yeah. for the bondsman. You probably paid like 20, 30 grand. You lost, if you're lucky, you did it all in a day. So you got to, back to go back to work. Mm-hmm. Right? If you're not lucky, you dragged out a little bit. Now your work knows and that's bad. Even if you do get away with it, they all look at you like you're a criminal. Um, mm-hmm. You get through all that. It's really expensive. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like, like, like I said, that, that money. That money, yeah. I heard a rumor that you can counter sue to get it back. Like, hey, since you wrongfully accused me, but that that's like, good luck,
1: yeah, <laughs> good, yeah,
0: good luck,
1: good luck good, luck,
0: good luck, yeah. win, good luck winning your civil case. And after you know, is it a civil case? No. Good luck winning your criminal case, and then later paying more money. And that's in a perfect world because you you can sue people. You pay more money to the next mm-hmm. lawyer, saying I was wrongfully accused. That costed me ten thousand dollars. I want the thirty thousand dollars from the other lawyer. I want that money back plus damages. And good luck. Maybe, maybe if you're lucky, you win. Yeah. I've never heard of. I, I've never heard of that. I heard more people. Say, Fuck it. I already spent thirty grand i'm just glad i'm not in prison and i still have my job and my wife is still with me and is the hackleman says and sucking some other guy's dick while i'm in there (laughs) got to throw a little shout out to hackleman there buddy there you go (laughs) i'm lucky none of that shit happened and everything's okay and most people just bite the bullet
1: yeah no it's uh, i get it like i mean you just you just got to be really careful, and you don't even know. Like you don't know that the other the other side, the guys that you you know, the guy who attacked you or the group that attacked you, they could be, they could be um unmarked officers. They could be, they could be uh, really connected in that town. It could be a local small town. It could be buddies with the cop. You know, I had a situation when I was um in college. I was going driving to this bar with a friend of mine. He was in the passenger side. He was he was my witness. I went to turn into the to the, to the parking lot, and as I was turning, this woman with a car drove right into my car. Like, totally like just didn't stop and just drove right into my car. And I was driving in the right lane, doing everything I was supposed to. And uh, and she had a guy with her and they got out and I, called, I had my friend call the police and um, they were mad that we called the police. And um, police came, they did a police report and then when I tried to get the insurance money, try to get to a claim, they said, um, "No, the police report said it was your fault." Turned out that the girl that was driving the car was the daughter of the police chief. <laughs> so, so you know what I mean? Like, so you just have it's tough, man. I don't know. Like you, you know, six weeks in jail or a couple of days in jail, all this money spent. Um, are you going to be able to say the right thing when someone was hurt? Now, now, you and I have talked about this many times before. If you think something's going to go down, first of all, don't be there in the first place. Second of all, leave before something happens. Right? You know, take those older skates off.
0: Yeah, but yeah, but we did we did that podcast already. <laughs> right? was thinking watching the podcast we do beforehand. We're talking about after you tonight, fucked up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, that's really right. We're admitting yeah. to something here, or, after, or maybe it didn't. Maybe it was unexpected. Maybe it's Maybe.
0: I get it. Maybe he was defending himself. But the fact is that you're done fucked up. Someone along the line. <laughs> Someone on the line. I mean, you might end up in that really, really, really narrow percentage chance that there was zero way out of the situation you were in. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're almost done. I'm going to end with one more anecdote. Chief Running Mouth. And I mentioned Chief Running Mouth one, one time before. Chief Running Mouth was a man that came into our dojo and... Uh, and I remember...
1: Is I was his real trained,
0: name? No, that's the name we all gave him. <laughs> that's that's, the real name. that's cool. awesome. It would be cool if he would own up to that name and we all could call that <laughs> to his face. But we called him Chief <laughs> Running Mouth. So, like, the Chief Running <laughs> Mouth was a parent of one of our students that uh, that would watch us train in Kajakambo and he had a military background. And one time... I was always, I always loved trading knives. So I always had like throwing knives and ninja stars and daggers in my bag, in my martial arts bag. And uh, one time, Chief Running Mouth saw that I had a, a throwing knife uh, in my in my bag. He was like, "Oh wow, oh you got a throwing knife!" And he's like really excited about all these cool knife techniques that you can do. and Da-da-da, and knife defense oh you guys do that here is to- totally and he had like a long story and like 30 45 minutes later hearing this guy talk about what you can do with a knife um my instructor was like okay yeah we kind of got to close up shop you know <laughs> the class ended 45 minutes ago i think we all got to go so and chief running mouth would go to our parties and talk a lot about self-defense stuff so chief running mouth came in uh, to teach a self-defense seminar or something because my certified cat was like, if you go? you're going to spend an hour after class talking about that like, let's just give him some full mat time and see if we can shut him up. So Chief Redding Mouth got given an hour. I, I I wish I was there for that hour because I missed it. And he said, I'm never having Chief Redding Mouth come here again. He grabbed one of the students. We didn't even have mats out and we were talking about how to defend against a knife and he dropped he dropped uh, one of our female purple bolts on her head. She had a giant hematoma, like one of those giant bumps on her head oh, chopped. Yeah. Um, So Chief Running Mouth is no longer welcome to Chief Seminars here. So we all knew that, that what I'm establishing here is that Chief Running Mouth was knew some shit and was a really tough guy. He was a big guy. He was tough and he loved knives and self-defense. Uh, a few months go by. We don't see Chief Running Mouth for a while and we find out that Chief Running Mouth is in prison. Chief Running Mouth got attacked by two gang members in a park with knives they attacked him with knives and he always talked about how he was good at knife defense and uh i guess he grabbed a brick and threw it at one of the guys that tried to attack him with a knife and killed the guy like he threw the brick at his head and it killed him and then the other guy he maimed with a brick he grabbed a rock or something like he grabbed the knife but he i guess he there was a disarm involved and a reverse stabbing involved and a, and a bashing involved with a rock mm. um, and Chief Running Mouth. Uh, last I heard from, from story of Chief Running Mouth is he may or still may not or may still be in prison for second degree manslaughter. They did they did let him do the yeah. whole self defense plea, so he didn't get first degree manslaughter. He he didn't get murder. He's not he's a killer, but he's not cons- by law he's not considered a murderer. He's considered a second degree manslaughter. In other words, involuntary manslaughter. It's not something he planned out. Still, I think that's a good.
1: Maybe, maybe he talked. maybe, maybe he, he said did. something, maybe you know, that's did. the thing. I mean, you know, your lawyer, after the fact, when everything's calm and your lawyer's looking at all the facts and all the situation, a lawyer can help kind of put together a good way of explaining what happened. But you, after all that, the adrenaline went through you and you've defended yourself. If you say anything, you know, you, you could make yourself your case so much worse.
0: And what I want to say is, and I'll say this to my friend too, because we were talking about another case of our a friend of ours. Like I said, I told him about the whole million dollar bail situation. Yeah. Once someone is dead, the law is going to come after you. If someone dies, the law is coming to come after you. They're gonna come after you. Very. We can look. I'm not a lawyer, but I can look at if I had the data of when someone dies, when someone dies. There's two places you need to be. Not there at all. (laughs) Someone dies. Not there at all. Completely out of the circle. Has nothing to do with it. Doesn't know anyone involved with this person here that
1: died. Mm -hmm.
0: The second place where you have no choice. You're there. But you have nothing to do with it. And don't talk to the cops. Really well established. You have nothing to do with that person dying in the worst place you are there there's some involvement any involvement because that's all they really need is any yeah. involvement you were there you were there and someone else killed someone you're still in a lot of trouble just being here and like these two are going at it and you're <laughs> over here you're still in a lot of trouble because when someone dies yeah. people have to do time that's just how how the law works. So people, yeah. gotta, someone, no one's gonna walk out of that not doing any time in prison. According, they they get paid good money.
1: Those, those lawyers get paid good money to put people in prison. It's a game for them. And, and so you know like, what, fel- you know how felony murder right works, right? Felony murder. If if um if you're with somebody that kills somebody, and the prosecutor can establish that you were there together to do something illegal and that illegal thing involved a felony and as a result of that thing you were together to do someone died you're guilty of murder and you were just with them i knew a kid uh there was a a program called offender aid and restoration in virginia and i was involved with it because you're supposed to meet with these these people in jail and then talk to them and then and give them some positive outlook on life so that when they get out they'll eventually get out they don't do something else to get right back in because the recidivism was a big problem and i met this kid who turned 18 in jail and he he was with a guy who killed somebody and i went to the trial and the prosecutor got some testimony that somebody overheard one of the people in the group who's this kid this other guy and another person it wasn't even this kid who said it said let's go do a place that was the testimony to establish that there was a felony that was going to occur and then he was in the car and the other guy got out of the car and went and Attacked this guy, shot him, and then the, the wallet was missing. Um, so that was what. So this kid went to jail for fifty-two years. Turn turn eighteen in jail, and then and got convicted and was in jail for. Well, that was his sentence. I don't know if he got out, you know, on probation earlier, but.
0: So like again, we are talking about what happens after the fact, and I don't want what, what. But I think a good conversation about what happens after the fact is to firmly establish. This is the kind of shit that happens after the fact. We yeah. already did we already did the podcast about how to avoid the after the fact. And I think this podcast really establishes why that first podcast was so important.
1: Exactly.
0: Because after the fact the the damage control is you're doing damage control. That's just what you're doing especially if someone gets killed. Like we what? go back to the before the fact is make sure that where you're defending yourself while you're, this is, this is a strong argument for if you're defending yourself, being able to defend yourself in a way where you can use restraint. This may not always be the case, but in a lot of cases it is. And a lot of people, like you said, with the adrenaline dump, they overestimate yeah. it. This is a really strong case. Yeah. We're almost done here, but this is a very strong case for understanding joint manipulation and grappling. This is a really strong case for that
1: yeah it's case true
0: case for that because if all i know how to do is punch someone i was telling this to i, th- I already talked about this story on another podcast it's going to come out probably before this one but i talked about it if all i knew was how to do is punch someone i ended up in this weird situation when i went to the uh, uh the u.s recently and some uh some some person on a substance was inside of an ampm and tried to start a fight with my wife And I was able to deescalate the situation, but if she would have gotten violent, if this young girl, 25 getting a fight with my wife, who's middle-aged I'm middle-aged, she's middle-aged and she doesn't know how to fight. That's what I'm here for. So like, if all I know how to do is kickboxing, then my, my repertoire of defense is going to be elbows and knees and punches and kicks. Right. If that's Mm -hmm. all, if if that's what my repertoire is, that's what's going to happen during the altercation. But if I know something else and I do, luckily I do kajukenbo and I have a big emphasis on Brazilian jiu-jitsu, then I do have a repertoire, a tool kit to be able to restrain someone that doesn't even involve even leaving a mark on them, right? Yeah. Again, I still have damage control to do, but I have a lot less damage control to do than if I punch that person in the face and their head bounced off the concrete.
1: So like, either way, that's my wrap-up point. What's your wrap-up point? Well, I, I, I guess related to that, um, I, I get this question a lot where people are like, well, what, how do you defend yourself in a way that's legal where, it's, where you're not, you know, you're, you're not doing too much. And my answer is always do whatever you can to protect yourself and, and the people that you care about and don't say anything. And afterwards, let your lawyer help explain it because that's that's all you can do, right? Because you can't even if you do what's perfectly reasonable and even if you do what's perfectly right legally, you still can't, there's no guarantee that you're going to be okay legally later for all the reasons we said, right? Somebody gets hurt, somebody gets hurt. You have to, you have to be alive and you have to have your, your loved ones and your people you care about around you alive and okay. That's the most important thing. and And that's all you, you know, that's all you can do, but it is true though. I think related to what you're saying that the more experience you have and the more you could be calm, you were, you're, you are more, more, more likely to, to deescalate You're more likely to, to, to not act when you don't, when you don't have to, you're not going to, you're not going to overreact. Like people talk about police officers that don't know how to fight and they might be more likely to shoot somebody, but if they know how to fight, they know Brazilian jiu-jitsu and a lot of things like that, you know, they might be more relaxed and more capable of handling the situation without escalating. So um, yeah, it, it, you can't, There's no perfect formula going in and there's and and then there's and then you we the the, coming out of it it's very messy and all you could do is just try to be quiet and then and then take let the time develop get a good lawyer and then try to explain it afterwards
0: all right well thank you very much to our resident legal advisor anthony mealy for coming (laughs) out um after an hour podcast is the time that I like to promote my show. That's right. If you couldn't stick around for the first few minutes, fuck you. But if you stuck around for the whole thing, <laughs> like, subscribe, and share with your friends. I really appreciate that. <laughs> and Angela means that in a
1: good way. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, bro. No, not,
0: not fuck you for sticking around. Fuck the guys that, uh, and girls that only stick around right. for the first one minute, two minutes and then jumped into the comments on not even youtube on facebook started arguments with the other people that actually watched the show so (laughs) they're saying stuff like did you even watch the show (laughs) yeah
1: absolutely let's let's
0: clarify that's who i'm talking about i should probably stop (laughs) for anthony's advice i should probably stop talking right now so (laughs) i will catch you all later
1: (laughs) thanks bro